You're listening to Intentional Optimists, the podcast for unconventional leaders, where you'll find inspiration, learn to discover and develop your own strengths, and hear from inspiring women just like you who are making a difference in their community. Who knows, you just might find yourself stepping up as the next unconventional leader right where you are. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson, the original Intentional Optimist. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Totally fake news. This has never been true. It was not true for me when I was eight and I was being chased around being told I was fat. And it is definitely not true today. It is more apparent now, (laughs) I think, than in any time that I've been alive. Welcome to episode 37. Today, we're talking about words. Words matter. Words are one-third of the intentional optimism tenet of wisdom. The other two pieces of that are understanding, which I covered in episode 27 of the podcast, so you can go back and look at that. And the, and the third one is, so understanding is first, words are second, and the third one is respect. And they all overlap like a Venn diagram. So if you think of three circles where you have understanding in one respect in another, and words in the third, right where the three come together, that's the heart of wisdom. It's the center. And in our boat of intentional optimism, wisdom represents the rudder. And we have to understand that there are things that we control and we don't control, like the wind and the waves and the currents. And then there are things that we can control, like our words and how we respect all of those things. So if wisdom is the rudder and it's attached to this really long pole in order for the pilot to steer, that really long pole is what we call the tiller. And that's your words. And the tiller or your words both directly and indirectly affect and inform and affect how wisdom shows up in our lives. Our words need to be three major category things, right? Number one, they need to be careful. How I speak matters. All my words mean something. So I want to use kind, inclusive, and gracious language because my words have the power to wound or heal. Second, I want them to be worthy of listening to. Intentional optimism is built very loosely, but largely, on the amazing woman in Proverbs chapter 31, and it talks about her words being worthy of listening to. I don't want mine to be empty or shallow or frivolous. Sure, there's always room to have fun. But I want them to be simultaneously weighty and uplifting. And third, which is a perfect segue, I want them to be encouraging. I want my words to bring others joy, pointing them to life and solutions, right? So let me illustrate this for you real quick. Steering a sailboat is, well, it's complicated. I mean, it's easy to think of the rudder as a steering wheel, but it's really like the final puzzle piece of this intricate puzzle. And when I'm tired or defrosted, you know, defeated and exhausted, that puzzle can feel completely overwhelming. Like having six plates in the air at once or 3,000 pieces of your puzzle dumped out on the table and half of them are turned over. But in order to steer a sailboat, you need to take some things into consideration like wind speed and direction, sail angle and tension, and the current. You can never leave that off because all of these things play a part. Now, fortunately, I don't have to be right on top of the rudder or right in the sail, 
But of all the things affecting my direction, those two are the only ones that I truly have control over. I mean, there's a bit of play in each, allowing me to adjust by calculation or instinct, determining the angle of the sail and the angle of the rudder. But here's the thing. This rudder, this, it's tiny compared to the other parts of the boat. It plays a huge role. When you use it well, it helps me stay on course, but mishandled, misunderstood, or neglected, and I am headed somewhere else entirely. It is complicated by the fact that I can't just reach down and turn it. I can only push or pull the tiller, my words. This long pole attached to the rudder, and confound it, everything is backwards. You see, when you steer from a tiller, it takes mirror movements to accomplish your purpose, kind of like driving in reverse. But a lot of times it's like my words go out and then they're reflected back and sometimes I just get it wrong and I'm headed in the opposite direction than I intended. Now the worst part is when my mishandling of the tiller, or my words, propels me into another boat, causing unintended damage to someone else. Fortunately, most of my journey isn't directly over a delicate coral reef or dodging rocks that are popping up through the surface. We'd never travel alone, and I need to be really careful that I handle the tiller in a kind and gentle manner. I need to be aware of those around me. And there's no pushing or pulling this thing just for fun, right? You just throw words out there sometimes, and whew, you never know what's going to happen. Every single time I move the tiller, that motion is reflected in the rudder and the direction of my boat. Sometimes the current and the wind compensate, keeping me on course, pure luck, right? But if I yank on that tiller unnecessarily, there could be serious ramifications. I mean, I could capsize. I could run into another boat. I could hit rocks. I have to respect the power of that little pole attached to that little piece of wood down there in the water. I respect how the direction of my boat affects others around me and how I can't just slam on the brakes or turn on a dime to avoid a collision. It just doesn't happen in the water. So much of this journey is magical, peaceful, stimulating, exhilarating, and fun, but all of it can be reversed with one rash or small push on the tiller. That's how powerful our words are. So, I choose to use it carefully and kindly. Understanding the power of one careless action, I'm deliberate and purposeful using the tiller to guide the rudder in response to the wind and the waves. Did you hear that? We use all of our words in response to the wind and the waves to navigate through them. And I'm respectful of the power of this seemingly insignificant part of my boat. I steer my boat toward and with my fellow travelers, encouraging them around the rocks and reefs. We all need to avoid them. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have to navigate around them purposefully and, and carefully and together or individually, but they're there and we need to be careful that we don't do damage. We're always going to make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. There have been plenty of times that when I was learning to sail a sailboat with my dad when I was a teenager that he purposefully capsized that thing so that I would learn how to rewrite it. But knowing how to handle the tiller, knowing how to handle the rudder, 
being wise and respecting all the things that I can't control and definitely respecting the things that I can control, like my words, makes a huge difference. You see, this journey is so much richer and fuller and meaningful when I don't travel alone. I don't want to travel by myself. I want to be with you. I want to be with others. So I want to remain vigilant for the well-being of all of us. Now it's your turn. What do your words say about you? Are they careful? I mean, it's important what we say and how we say it. Y'all, that was something that I got a lot as a teenager. And now as a mother of a tweener, I find myself using that same phrase. It wasn't what you said, but how you said it. You rolled your eyes at me. My eyes never moved. I know, but you did it with your voice. (laughs) So we want to be careful and respectful in how we say our words and the words that we choose. And you know what else? We need to be respectful in choosing the words that other people want to hear. It's the platinum rule versus the golden rule, right? It's we don't necessarily treat others the way we want to be treated. We treat others the way they want to be treated. That's part of care. That's part of respect. What else do your words say about you? Are they worth listening to? I'm going to date myself here, but E.F. Hutton was huge back in the 70s. And even just the mention of E.F. Hutton in a dining room at a restaurant caused all the forks to drop and everybody was listening. Are your words weighty, meaty? Do they have substance and yet are uplifting at the same time? Even when it needs to be constructive criticism. How about encouraging? How encouraging are you of others? How encouraging are you of yourself? That's the one piece I haven't really touched on here because last time I talked to you about thoughts and this was the perfect Next step, thoughts and words, because our thoughts are the words we use on ourselves. But let me give you a couple of tools. Number one, I have a thought bubble and a speech bubble. I picture myself in a comic strip with that, you know, little dot, 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 cloudy thing above my head, and that's where my thoughts start. But they don't always need to make it to the little pointy cloud, you know, thing that is the words that I speak. So in between there, I have a filter. Filter doesn't always work. The older I get, the better the filter is. It's a little bit like leveling up in a game, right? You get a better filter every time you level up. Player one, right? But think about a speech bubble and a thought bubble. Sometimes there are words that never need to see the light of day. (laughs) There are words that need to be put through a filter in order to change them, in order to be words that make sense today. So first tool is your thought bubble versus your speech bubble. Number two. Choose words that you will and won't use. Be conscious of the words that you will and won't use. In my house, we don't use the word hate. We just don't. There's other words we're trying to stop using, um, partially because, you know, I have a 12-year-old in the house and he picks up words from YouTubers and all kinds of stuff. But we're learning how to use words that are action-oriented rather than inaction oriented. Just make a list of words that are causing you issues and you're going to stop using. And then some words that will help you be more careful, help you be more respectful, help you be more encouraging. Make a list of those words and start peppering your conversation with them. And the third piece is, and I got this 
from Heather Sager in episode 34. It was a tool that she shared and I've started using it and I have literally a sticky note on my computer right here that tells me the three words that I want you to think of when I'm done talking. If it's meeting you in person, if it's on a Zoom call, if it's in my my uh, Facebook group or if in a Facebook Live or if it's on a video that I do on the podcast, I want, there's three words that I kind of want you to, whether you absolutely have those words down or not, I kind of want you to walk away with the idea that there's some spunk to this chick. Heather handed me that one on a stick. It was great. <laughs> She's like, here you go. Here's your first one. Spunky. But I also want to be very welcoming. I want to make sure that everyone is welcome here. Arms wide open, you know, completely exposed, arms wide open, vulnerable. This is a safe place for people to be. But I also want to own some wisdom that I have. People tell me that I've got wisdom. Well, I think part of that's because I just made enough mistakes. (laughs) I've learned from them. So what are the three words? Take some time. And what are three words that you want to be known for? You don't need to tell them to everybody, and I probably won't tell them any more than I've told you right here, but unless it really comes up in a conversation, but what are the three words that you want to be known for? That's your takeaway. Number one, what are your words saying about you? Are they careful? Are they worthy of listening to? And are they encouraging? And then your tools are, what does your thought bubble and your speech bubble filter look like? Number one. Two, choose words you will and won't use. And three, what are three words that you want people to think of when you're done speaking with them? All right, I often joke with people saying I'm an in-your-face coach, albeit with a smile and an unshakable Southern accent, and you're getting a little bit of that from me today, and you're probably going to get a little bit of that from me in the future as we move forward into these newer podcasts. But if you've been listening to me, you know that I specialize in helping you do things. If you want my help, I'm here The easiest way to get to know me is through my Facebook community, Intentional Optimists, where we're building a community with a culture that helps us all learn to think and live with intentional optimism. You can also sign up for my newsletter. You'll want to click that in the show notes if you want really good stuff coming to your inbox every week. Now, thanks for your time today, wherever you listen. If you find this podcast helpful and encouraging, first subscribe, then take a moment and leave a rating or a review. Your kind words and a positive rating will help even more women find us and get the intentional optimism they need. Until next time. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you're an intentional optimist and you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review with a five-star rating. You can also snap a screenshot right where you're listening, share it to social media, and tag me. This helps others find us and we'll have an even bigger impact. If you're curious what it would be like to work more closely with me or just to step up as an unconventional leader yourself, I invite you to schedule a free discovery session to talk with me and learn more. Just email me at andrea at theintentionaloptimist.com. If you're looking for an encouraging and uplifting community on Facebook, hop on over and join the Intentional Optimist group, women encouraging women from all over the globe. The community and email links are right here in the show description wherever you listen to the podcast. Until next time, remember, you're the answer. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations.